Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast. This is episode number 265. Wow, cool. Okay, I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football. And a welcome to everybody around the globe. No, yeah, really, like, we, we, we got people who are listening to us in 32 different countries. That is so cool. Uh, yeah, and actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to fly over there right now, but just hang on. Um, so this, this week is really, really kind of weird. I mean, there's a lot of weird things that have been happening and, uh, you know, for all the wrong reasons we're getting in the news media and that's not a good thing. And I really kind of, I don't know, we got like Terrell Owens and we got Johnny Manziel and all this sort of stuff is coming up and, and, and happening into the the news media and it's, it's got nothing to do with football, but you know, okay, so we got to put up with it and let's deal with it. And okay, so uh, here it is. We got that, you know, we got a Let's Talk CFL podcast page. It's called Let's Talk CFL Live slash podcast. And we've got a whole pile of different things. So we got an inbox in here and you can send us messages and talk to us and everything's really cool. And people do this and they do this from around the world. And we answer them and because that's who we are. But um, we're not celebrities or anything else. We just have fun doing it. Okay. So um, what do we got here? We got Shane Turner. Now Shane Turner is uh, down in Australia, if I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, he's down in Perth, which is Western Australia. Now he he got a hold of us on June 24th, and uh, basically said, Hey, look, I'm you know down here, and we're creating a uh, uh, a CFL fan club down here. I'm a, a BC Lions fan down in Australia. And I went, okay, well, cool. This is awesome. Right. And uh, thanks very much for your comments. And uh, anyhow, anyhow, so going on. So he's recently added a new uh, message to our little thread that we're going on. And he says, Hey guys, just wondering any chance of adding a bio team supported and a pick for the members of the podcast. Love to see the faces, put faces to the voices. Thanks for the podcast. Well, you know, Shane, Great. Thanks very much. And here's my response to him. There's a reason we're on the radio and not TV. And, and really, we're all on the Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. So you can get a hold of us. You can ask us to be your friends. You can send us private messages, everything else. And, you know, and that's cool. So you can go off and do that. And uh, if you want our podcasts and our bios and, and it, well, whatever, we, we just kind of make shit up as we go along anyhow. So we would probably just do it for our bios too. Um, anyhow, I just thought that'd be really cool. I just giving Shane another shout out and uh, thanks for your follow up on it. And anybody else out there want to send us some, uh, some comments about it. That would be really good. Okay. Now let's get back to football. Um, big trade went down today. Uh, yeah, we had four football games and we're not even, nobody's even talking about the four football games. They're like ancient history. We are going to review them in a couple minutes, but I'm kind of going off the script right now. Big trade happened today. And before we even, we knew the trade was happening. Justin Dunk, Dunk 
uh, broke the story early this morning. He says that Hamilton is trading man, Johnny Manziel to Montreal, but there was no word on who it was going to be. It was going to be a big trade. There was a lot of big names that were going to be involved in it. And uh, Hamilton was holding out for Enoch Mwamba. Well, that didn't happen, but that's beside the point. Um, so I'm sitting there and Johnny Manziel's never played it down a football in the CFL. Well, he did in preseason. It was kind of pathetic, but it's preseason and that is kind of pathetic. So we really don't know what he would could do. Now, is Hamilton trading him or getting rid of him too soon? Could he be the saving grace of this franchise, if not for this year, next year? You know, obviously, Johnny Manziel is going to head back to the NFL, and we're going to talk about this all later. But did they trade him too soon? Did they need to find out who it is? So this, and I'm just going, this is either going to be a fleecing, where Hamilton just absolutely fleeces Montreal to get, because Montreal's desperately needed quarterback because they got Drew, Drew Willie. Um, or is it the blunder of the century on Hamilton's part? Did they, are they going to trade off this guy and he's going to absolutely light up this league just like June Jones said he was going to, and it's all, all going to happen bad. And then I know we're going to, we're talking about this later and I'm not talking about the trade itself and everything like that. So I'm going to give everybody the opportunity. Where I'm going off script is here is I want to ask the panel when I introduce them here is what do you think the biggest blunder or the biggest fleecing has been so far in the history of the CFL, not counting this trade? We now know that this trade um, is over and it's done and we know who's getting traded and it's a, it's very, it's a very paritable trade. So it's not, too far out there so i don't think it was a fleecing or i don't think it was a major blunder i, I think they it was it was very parable but in the history of the cfl what was one of the biggest blunders that you ever saw and or what was the biggest fleecing where one team absolutely fleeced somebody else now i'm, I'm going to introduce the boys right now but before i do that i'm going to tell you what i think it was I think the biggest blunder in the history of the CFL was by my own team, the BC Lions, for letting Doug Flutie go. He went over to Calgary and then further to Toronto and absolutely lit up this league. Biggest blunder in the CFL history is the BC Lions letting Doug Flutie go for nothing. Okay, and the biggest fleecing, of course, is uh, is Winnipeg. Kyle Walters, who I really don't think is that good of a QB or a general manager, sorry, absolutely fleeced Jim Barker for the Drew Willie trade. So I'm going to open up the, the the mics now, and in fact, I'm going to open them all up. And uh, we got Charles Cliff, Mark Wentnall, and Will McDonald. Welcome to the panel, guys. I'll let Will say good night, say good morning, say something. How you doing, buddy? Good night. Um, I'm, I'm good. I, I think the biggest fleecing, I'm just like you, the biggest fleecing in CFL history was Calgary letting Doug Flutie go to Toronto. No, that's okay. a blunder. That's a blunder. That, yes, absolutely. It was a mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Okay. So, but the reason for that was because Larry Rickman owed Doug Flutie a lot of money and he couldn't pay him. So he had to get rid of him. Yeah, and, and we had Murray Pezum at the time, and, and, you know, I shit, okay? They're both stupid reasons, yes. idiot owners, okay? But, yes. yeah, big blunder, big blunder. Okay. Uh, yes, indeedy. Okay. 
Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. What do you think? What's your What's your big blunder? Big blunder is easy. Joe Mack not wanting to guarantee Mike Riley the starting quarterback job in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, I can see that. That's one the biggest blunder in the history of the CFL, <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, how many quarterbacks have we had since Riley came into the league? There's your blunder. Sixty-three. Yeah, I think so. No, I think Will, Will, that's just in the last three years. Um, no, four years, we'll say. because Big, Biggest you know, fleecing, Mark. Biggest fleecing i got to go with you is the Drew Willie trade. It has to be. It has to be. I can't come be. up with a different one. <laughs> okay. Charles, Charles, my friend, Thank welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Sorry I missed the last show. I was out and about. And didn't get back in time. That's the family. It's it's important. Yes, it's true. okay. So yeah, but uh, we, I got you, I got your numbers and and we we got the scores for this week and everything is happy. Yep. So yep. Um, biggest blunder. Uh, blunder. I'm going to uh, go kind of go along the same lines and the biggest blunder for me. Uh, I'm with uh, CJ. The Lions giving up on, uh, or not giving up, but not resigning Doug Flutie, letting him go to Calgary. He would go to Calgary and win six Most Outstanding Players awards, and they lost him for nothing. They got nothing for him. Absolutely nothing. Thank you very much, Murray Pesham and Bob Obilovich. Yeah. Biggest fleecing? I'm sticking with my Lions, and they unfortunately got fleeced because they traded and brought in Matt Dunnigan, and it was all well and good because he had had a couple good, he had had some good years in Edmonton, but they gave up a lot of players, six players, including Willie Pless, who became a perennial defensive player of the year, Jim Sandusky, they gave up several players there, uh, big-time impact players. And Matt Dunnigan came in, got them to the Grey Cup, and lost in his first year. Second year, he missed half the season with an injury, and after that, he was gone. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got to. I, I forgot all about that trade. That was a terrible, terrible trade. I still don't know if it matches the Drew Willie trade, but the Drew Willie trade is really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, like, did he even play a down of football for Toronto? Probably, I don't know if he did, actually. You know, at least Matt Dunnigan took us to the Grey Cup. Fair enough. Hey, there's, there's, a, whole, there's a whole list of blunders, and here's some minor did but you major ones. CFL blunders? Yeah, no, 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 I was just thinking about it. The Calgary Stampeders signing Matt Dunnigan to their head coach, okay? That's a blunder. <laughs> that was the biggest... <laughs> joke on the in the history of the world, and the other one was 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 Drew Willie telling the Winnipeg Blue Bombers he wanted more money, and they gave it to him. Okay, that was a fleecing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, these are these are off field blunders. Okay, on field blunders. Yeah. I, I think the best on field blunder. There's a lot of them. People going the wrong direction so and stuff like them. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. I, I think the 13th man in the 09 Grey Cup is up there because yep. I love that one. I watch that one over and over and over again. I go, 
Flags on the field. Flags on the field. You want okay. You want a real blunder? The CFL giving Nick Maletti a CFL franchise for Las Vegas that could barely break 10,000 fans and who were practicing at 6 a.m. because otherwise in the summertime they couldn't practice because it was 120 degrees. That was not well thought Weren't they practicing in the parking lot of a casino? The parking lot Caesar's of Palace. Mirages, or Caesar's Palace, right, in Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah, that was a good idea. That worked well. <laughs> Another good trade you could use would be Charles Roberts to BC for Joe Smith. Who? That didn't really Who? work out for either team. Who? Joe Smith did nothing for Winnipeg, and Charles Roberts re- retired after one year. Well, he got injured. Well, he yeah, got injured and he, and he was done. It was just, yeah, okay. Trade the number two running back in the history of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for who? Joe Smith? Who? Yeah. Who? <laughs> well, that 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 was the prime minister guy, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 So we've done that. I thought it was kind of a cool thing. Is the the blunders and and, and the fleecings of the CFL. Because, I mean, hey, who knows what's going on? Okay, so let's get down to it. we got four football games to review. Saskatchewan-Hamilton. Whoa, we all picked that one right, didn't we? Okay. Yep. Saskatchewan-Hamilton. Saskatchewan does not have a quarterback, okay? They do not have a starting a quality starting quarterback. That's a fact, Okay. That's not subjective. That's not arguable. They don't have a starting quarterback. Hamilton has Johnny Manziel, Jeremiah Mazzoli. They did. They did have Johnny Manziel. They did when this game was going on. Yep. So, you know, we're, we are very confident that they had not only a good quarterback, but possibly even a good backup quarterback. Boy, were we wrong. How does Saskatchewan beat this team? I don't know. It was it was a, it was maddening for me to watch this game. Uh, I hate it when the Green guys win. I really really hate it. And Tie Cats, I kind of like the Tie Cats, and I actually like where they've been going lately. Now that Ken Austin is out of there, and June Jones has kind of got good handle on things. And what the hell happened, William? What happened? Well, you know what? Saskatchewan still doesn't have a starting quarterback. We know that. 17, 17 for 22 for 165 yards and one TD pass. Come on. I, I, I wonder. We but all, they won. We all, yes, I know. We all say that Chris Jones is a defensive guru. And I'm wondering, because he's doing some real strange things with his defense right now. He's got the D-backs playing all over the freaking place on every second play. They're in a different position. I'm wondering if June Jones and the rest of the Hamilton the Hamilton's got coaches are confused. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's taking advantage of their lack of experience. I, I, I don't get it. Saskatchewan should not be winning anything. But then on the other hand, and Mark, or sorry, and Chris, uh, 
Chris on our podcast has said a couple of times that usually the second second year of the run and shoot guys kind of catch on to it and it's not as effective as it used to be. Maybe that's the case with Hamilton in the fifth game of the season. Maybe people are catching on to their modified run and shoot and it's not working anymore. So I, but obviously as of today, Hamilton is real happy with their starting quarterback or they wouldn't have traded their backup. So I, I I don't know. It's a long season. I don't think Saskatchewan should have won, but they did. And it pissed me off. As a matter of fact, I think I watched two quarters of that game and I turned the TV off because I was disgusted. So, and I haven't rewatched the second half yet. So, but you will. I just, uh, yeah, it'll be on there. I'll probably watch it in January next year when I when I'm suffering from football withdrawal. So, but uh, yeah, so I don't know why Saskatchewan won. So I, I can't say much. I mean, they're a football team. They've got a pretty decent defense. Let's face it. Um, Deron Carter hasn't gotten burnt for it two at least two weeks, has he? No. Nope. And, uh, you know, they got Charlton Hughes and they got uh, J- Jefferson on the other side. So, and what team no team should be winning with with come on Mark what's his name Sam Hurl is their middle linebacker okay it just doesn't make <laughs> sense it doesn't make sense and that's coming up that's Willie talking here because the next three weeks Calgary plays Saskatchewan twice let's see let's see uh, I'll, I'll say it here if Saskatchewan beats Calgary twice, I'm going to cheer for Saskatchewan for the rest of the year. Oh, don't, there don't, you go. don't, don't, don't say I, that. No, no, I'm serious. It might I'm happen. Serious. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to hold you to that one, Will. If it if it happens, I'm watching soccer for the rest of the year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to put yourself through that? <sighs> It's, it's no worse than seeing Calgary lose to Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan beating anybody, okay? Yes, At least I don't you could like have said beach volleyball. For all, you fans, for all you fans out there, I don't like Saskatchewan, okay? Sorry. I don't think anybody on this podcast likes Saskatchewan. Well, some people do occasionally, but not very often. No, uh, I don't think so. Ooh. Mark, you're a Winnipeg Unless... fan. Do you like Saskatchewan ever? Uh, yeah, right. Only when yeah, we yeah, um, they yeah, lose, that. right? No, yeah. I didn't. Charles, Charles, come on. And, nope. since, uh, and since nope. we're on this subject, since we're on this subject, CFL schedulers, how the heck does Calgary play Saskatchewan twice in three weeks, and both games are in Saskatchewan? Can you explain that to me, please? No, I don't think you can. Both games are in Saskatchewan, really? Both games are in They play Saskatchewan, BC, Saskatchewan, in Saskatchewan. Yeah, they do. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Oh, well. Shit happens. Anyways, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead. Are you, are you done with this? 
Can can you rant I'm some done. more? I'm done. I, Are you sure? I, I'm I'm in a I'm in a ranting kind of mood. This this trade has just put me over the top today. Get awesome. That in, awesome. That and that and Todd Mogi. Okay. <laughs> Is Todd piss, pissing you off? Oh, Todd has never seen me pissed you. off like he's pissed me off. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Mark, Saskatchewan. Reality, this game was won by Saskatchewan's defense and their special teams. It really wasn't. No, it was, it, it was special teams. Yeah, and their defense. Saskatchewan's defense is good. Yeah, you know, they, they played well. They held um, banks, basically did nothing. Masoli only had 180 yards passing. Yeah. That was the game I almost expected in the fourth quarter to see Manziel. Because Masoli really wasn't doing anything. No. And uh, uh, Will, Sam Hurl had his average game. He had one tackle and two special teams tackles. So that's his normal game. One tackle. And they won. They're winning on defense. Chris Jones is proving with his Sam Hurl. It's their middle linebacker. It's Sam Hurl. He's the, Cameron, he's the one. Cam Judge is slowly working his way in. He, Cameron Judge is slow. They're slowly bringing him in. Not very quickly at all, but he is probably next year will be the starter. But right now, yeah, Sam Hurl is. But really, the game was won on, you might say, the legs of Marcus Thigpen. He had one rush all game for 80 yards. And it was the touchdown at the end. That's the second week in a row. Now, it's the same team in Hamilton. But that's the second week in a row Big Pence busted a huge one to win the game. So Chris Jones is just going, do whatever you want with the offense. We're going to win this. And Christopher and Charles, does it not remind you of a certain Winnipeg Blue Bomber team from a few years ago, say 2011-ish? Uh, We're going to do it all on the defense, and the defense and special teams will drag the offense as far as they can. That's what this is shaping up to be. Yeah, and I'll give Jones a little bit of credit in that there wasn't the flip-flop as much with the quarterback. They did try to let Bridge play a little bit more, but it's still weird. Uh, And there was an interesting tweet, I don't know if you guys saw it, that was sent out from Deron Carter about wanting to help. He's finding it really tough, wanting to help the offense. He wants to get in on the offense and help them move the ball. And somebody made a comment back about, you know, well, what do you think is going on? He's, I have no idea. Ask them. Yeah, stop asking me. Yeah, Yeah. stop asking me. Ask them. It's like there's some dissension, I think, starting. It's not big yet by any means. It's still small. But I think they got to get Carter back on offense or he's going to get pissed off. He doesn't want yeah. to be on defense. He's not a hero on defense unless he gets a pick six. He wants that ball. But that's about it for the game. It was won by defense and special teams. It, it, it's, hard. it's hard to criticize Chris Jones when he's winning. Two straight wins. It's it's hard. So, yeah, I, I get you there. Charles. I'm just going to make a bit of a correction to what Will, to what Mark just said. 
it was actually won by three things, as far as I saw it. Defense, special teams, and a Hamilton team that imploded in the third quarter. Very good tackle. Game. It was 17-7 to at halftime for Hamilton. Was there anyone out there that thought that this game was in doubt? Because at that point, I'm thinking, eh, they're going to coast in the second half. Instead, they decided to collapse. And that was really the story there. Uh, this was a team that uh, their uh, defense uh, and their special teams play was awful in the second half. Uh, and the offense uh, gets 17 points in the first half and three in the second half. That's not good enough. Jeremiah Zoli, who two weeks ago uh, most people were praising at that point, and he's got the shine off of him. He's um, um, not exactly uh, excuse me, getting the same results um, as we saw earlier. Now our defense is uh, starting to figure him out, or who knows what the thing is. But um, that um, makes the move that they did today a little bit even more a little bit curious. But we'll get on to that a little bit uh, later. But, uh, yeah, it's their defense. It's not their offense. I mean, come on. Um, Brandon Bridge had 165 yards passing. He, I don't believe, has broken 200 yards this season. Ever? Uh, Well, I think he has a few times before, but this season he has not, not hit 200 yards. I know another quarterback that was playing at the beginning of the season that also wasn't getting 200 yards, and he's lost his job, basically, to a guy yeah, coming they, back off of reconstructive knee surgery. Yeah, but they, they, have a, they had a second, you know, somebody in place for that. Yeah. Watford, they, these guys don't have a plan three, B. There's no plan three, B well, here. Yeah. They got David Watford. Well, he went two for three. I'm surprised Chris Jones didn't keep using him. Uh, but, no, they, they they don't have an offense, and – People are saying, oh, yeah, but they won, but they won, but they won. Brandon Bridges' average completion is just over four yards. Show me a football team that has had any sort of long-term success with a quarterback with that completion yardage. It might work a game or two. It's not going to work long-term. I'm sorry, it's just not. And people point to Thigpen, like like Mark said, he had 80 yards but it was all on one play, an 80-yard touchdown run. Uh, Jerome Messam, well, you know what? For Jerome Messam this year, he had a half-decent outing. He had 15 carries for 70 yards. That's not great, but compared to what he had done previous, it's a, it's a, you know, a marked improvement. But really, it was the defense and special teams that got uh, Saskatchewan over in this one. And um, they might be able to pull out some more games, but if you don't have at least some sort of a competent offense, you will not be successful long term. Yeah, I mean this this was just it, it it showed us the the better of the two evils in these two teams. I mean, I, I can't if you remember, I texted you guys and said, "Can Hamilton not tackle?" I mean, they had huge – Saskatchewan had huge plays. Didn't they even have a, 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 a very long play called back on a penalty? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, it was just it was just amazing for me that it just it, it happened like that. It just it was absolutely awful game to watch. Okay, so final score. Where did my thing go? Come back here. Final score was Saskatchewan thirty-one, Hamilton two. No, it was not two. What was his final score? Oh my God! What did I do? Twenty. I got the O and the two mixed up. This might might not have worked. Okay, so it's twenty. There we go. Okay, so who won this one? No one. Everybody Nobody. picked Hamilton to win. Everybody picked Hamilton to win. That's we two weeks in a row with a clean sweep. Wrong. All wrong. And if I remember correctly, all of the media type personnel picked Hamilton as well. Straight across the board. No one picks Saskatchewan, including Justin Dunk. Justin Dunk. Okay. Yeah, known Homer, and he still picked the other team and, 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 and was wrong. Okay. The next game. Oh, any less frustrating? No. How can a team... How can a team with 52 seconds left on the clock allow the opponent to systematically march down the field from their own 18-yard line all the way down the field and score a touchdown with no time left on the clock? How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. BC-Ottawa game absolutely frustrated me. And to lose... A couple of really good players. Uh, I don't know. Joe Vaughn has gone with an MCL. Rainey's got an ankle injury. Um, Jeremiah Johnson was previously injured. He's on a six game. Solly's on a six game. We're just like falling apart at the seams. The only good thing out of this was Solly's replacement, Jordan Herdman, actually played a pretty damn good game. I don't know. I just this game just I, I, I unfortunately I wasn't able to watch it and thankfully that's the case because I was I drove I was driving for the entire time. I left the driveway when the kickoff went on and I got back just as the end of the game ended. And I'm going, shit, man, I was so pissed off listening to it on Sirius XM. Love that. Oh, terrible game. My wife was with, sat beside me, had to listen to the football game the whole time, and, and me yell at the, at the radio. And then she goes, why do you even do this? It frustrates you so much. It's so annoying. You're never happy. And I go, that's because I'm a BC Lions fan. I don't know. Shit. Piss me off. Okay. Charles, go ahead. See what you can do here. Uh, frustration, frustration, frustration. If I'd have told you before the game that they were, the BC Lions were going to hold William Powell to 50 yards, I think most we, of us would have thought they were going to be in great shape. They we would won. probably we, put the we would have put the check mark in the in the win column, and yeah. it should have been regardless. The BC Lions, in my view, for I would say 80 percent of that game, outplayed the Ottawa Red Blacks. I thought oh, yeah. they were the better team for all. For practically the entire game, they had the lead for practically the entire game. They had the lead with less than three minutes left. I think less than two minutes left. And the defense, which I thought had had quite an outstanding game to that point, just disappeared and allowed them to go down the field and put the ball in the end zone. 
Uh, oh, 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 which, oh, sorry, sorry. And what the fuck was this time count violation? Oh, oh I was going to get to that because that frustrated oh. me even more. Oh, but God. The defense just disappeared. And before that, let's get to that. Let's go to the time count violation. You've got, I think they were second and goal at like the six-yard line or seven-yard line or something like that. They had marched all the way down the field. They're within three minutes. Let's face it. If the Lions get a touchdown there, that game is over. The Lions win that game. And then they take this ridiculous time count violation penalty. Ah, With a veteran quarterback like Travis Lule and veteran coaches, there is absolutely no excuse for that. That's embarrassing. Did they That's have a timeout? The rookie does. They did have a timeout. They did not, nor did they have a timeout. Or had they used it? Yes, they did. I'm just trying to. Yeah, they had a timeout. So why are they not taking it? It was the same thing, or a similar situation the week before against Winnipeg when they didn't call the timeout uh, to. Um, yep. Um, at the end of the half. At the end of the half and ran out of time. Here, all you got to do is call the timeout, and that takes you time, and that stops it. They don't. They let the time clock, uh, the time count violation come in because it's inside of three minutes. It's a loss of down. And there goes your chance at putting a touchdown. And what happens? They get the field goal. Ottawa gets the ball back with not a lot of time left. And they make it way too easy to go down on the field. on They go down and put it in the end zone. And that's your ball game. It was a game, like I said, the Lions controlled the play for 80% of the um, uh, game. And some stupid mistakes and some lackadaisical plays cost them their second straight win. It was a real frustrating because, quite frankly, that, te- that team deserved better. Travis Lule had a fantastic game again, had a 325 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Rutley, who was in for uh, Jeremiah Johnson, he had 91 yards rushing and a touchdown. Now, he did get knocked out of the game uh, later. Also, Chris Rainey was knocked out for quite a while, although he did come back in late. And Jordan Herdman, who filled in for Sully, and I think he took Sully's, not only did he take his position, he took his body because he ended up with 12 tackles, which was tops of anybody uh, in that game for either team. That should have been a Lions win, and a stupid mistake and a bad defensive drive cost them dearly. They should have won that one. They they got to come out of Ottawa thinking, you know what, we let that one slip away because there was no excuse for that and no reason the Lions should have lost that game. Yeah, agreed, 100% agreed. Very sad. Mark? Yeah, this game, I'll start with the um, time count violation there. And that's not just on Lule and Wally. Although Wally, that's two weeks in a row. Is he sleeping on the sidelines now? I think so. And that's also where, okay, you can't blame an offensive lineman because they're not looking at the time clock. They're waiting for the call. They're looking at the guys in front of them. But guys that have been in the league almost 10 years, like Manny Arsenault, they're staring at the time clock as well as looking at the quarterback. Somebody's got to go offside. Go outside. Somebody has to do something. Out. Fall down, call timeout, do something. It was the, that's scary going forward. 
is the time management. Then I've never said that about the Lions. But no. with the game itself, Herdman was amazing. Um, I thought for sure Powell was going to have a monster game, and Herdman's the reason he only had 50 yards. Trevor Harris did what Trevor Harris does for 95% of the game, which is, like uh, Christopher likes to say about the, uh, Matt Nichols, you throw the ball between the 30s and you stop and you kick a field goal. And they were barely even doing that. Ottawa looked flat, even though Harris did have 380 yards passing. It just didn't feel like it. Like Throughout the entire game, I thought, okay, BC's got this one. Bombers have to win now against Toronto to try to keep pace with everybody. So at no point did I think BC was losing that game. At no point. And they just, the defense absolutely pulled a Richie Hall and choked. They started playing too soft for whatever reason. You can't play prevent when you're only up by that small amount of points. You can't. And they were just and I think the Sinopoli catch, the one that really extended the first part of the drive, where he had to reach behind him like two yards to get the ball, I think that deflated the BC defense because they were coming off the field if he drops that ball. Yeah, that was second so, down. Yeah. You know, they were having to go for it on like third and ten, and he comes up with that circus catch, and then they just march the ball right down the field. They had positive yards on every single play on that final drive, which is just amazing. It goes back to what I've been saying pretty much since last year. BC's defensive backs are not very good. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the players. But for whatever reason, they're getting lit up. Jesus, it sounds like I'm talking about the Bombers, doesn't it? And since nobody else has addressed it yet, um, Ty Long, Christopher, you guys need a kicker. Okay. You got a punter, but you need a place kicker. Richie, and, R- Richie Leone, same thing. You remember him? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who's he playing for right now? Yep. Who's he playing for right now? You're great at finding punters. You're great at finding punters. You can't find a field goal kicker since what? Pasaglia? <laughs> uh, McCallum. Look, yeah, I guess, okay. Yeah, and then you brought him back at, what, 45? 102 or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, and as for his move, Charles, you'll get this one. That was Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Gennetti through the plate glass window. Oh, yeah. The way he reacted. It really was. It was just I'm ridiculous. i got to agree with you. I'm a Lions fan, and I was absolutely embarrassed by that. It was, it was so reminiscent of a soccer dive. Oh, oh, it was a Neymar. You know, they've mm. given it a name. It's a Neymar. I like to put it into the wrestling part of it. But it that should have been a 15-yard unsportsmanlike contact. You can't have that. That's just ridiculous. There wasn't a bomber within three or four yards of him, and he reacted like he got shot. I know you're trying to draw a penalty, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's it for the game. You know, it came down to the well, last and drive. I, it, it, it worked in the Ottawa game. Right? This was the Ottawa game. That's the well, Ottawa he, game. He just said the work. bomber. Here's the thing. He said the bomber. Because the same thing well, happened the week before. Yeah. Well, it didn't really right? work because it got overturned. 
And, yeah, and I, I know Ottawa that. wasted a challenge on that. I know. That's they really... had to waste a challenge. That's a 15-yard un, unsportsmanlike conduct. Or reinstate that if you get the challenge right, you get to keep your get another one. I agree there. They their challenges on useless plays. Both teams. It wasn't like it was just Ottawa. It was both teams wasted their challenges on plays that were obvious. Yeah. The official blew it. If they're putting back the the NFL window, they have to put the challenge back. If they're going to do that, you have to put the challenge back where you you keep it if you get it right. You've gotten rid of the bone of contention in the fishing. Yeah. So put it back. And I, I personally kept their challenges and they could have used them. There was a I lot think, of questionable I think plays. Coaches should, I think coaches should be allowed to challenge any play they want, every play they want. But if you get if 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 you lose the challenge, it's a ten yard delay a game. Delay a game. Yeah. You want to throw the challenge flag, throw the challenge flag twelve times. You screw up, yep. it's ten yards. You win? Well, that's what that's for. It's just like if uh, in hockey, if a, if a coach asks for a stick measurement and the stick is found to be a legal curve, you get a delay game penalty. Yep. It was and just you wrong that both teams lost their cha- had to use their challenges on plays that everybody in the stadium could see, everybody on TV could see it live. He didn't need a replay on either call to know that both challenges were going to be used and wasted. Well, at least this well, week ahead. the tie long was close. It was closer mm, than the no, ball. No, he was about three yards away. He really was. And when you show it from the backside angle, he's about three yards away. He wasn't this, even this near is, him. This is an official throwing a flag on an assumption. He didn't see it. He saw a long he didn't call. See it. That's all he saw. He saw him on yeah. his back. He assumed what had happened. And, and, and that's not his job. His job is to watch the punter. True. And he failed. Okay. William, I know you picked BC. You're not going to do that ever again. I don't blame you. Well, you know what? Yeah, you're probably right. I'm not going to pick BC. Although... Although, man, I'm telling you, BC has found their starting quarterback, and it's Travis Lule, and he threw for over 300 yards, and that's pretty impressive for this guy, okay? I, I, if he continues, and I don't know, I don't know how BC's going to do this year. They don't look like a very good football team. I don't even want to talk about that game because I thought they should have won, but they didn't. Um, if he keeps it up... He could be. He's he's got to be considered. He's got, he'll have to be considered one of the top three guys in the CFL after this season if he keeps on playing well. Just say it. So I don't really have much to say about this game, but I did want to mention to Charles. Charles, you were saying earlier about how any quarterback is going to win a Grey Cup when they're not throwing for more than 200 yards in a game. <laughs> I just googled something. In 2001, Marcus Crandall averaged 189 (laughs) yards per game, sir, and he won the Grey Cup. 
Okay. Well, you're an I asshole, okay? God, you are an asshole. I swear to God, our show mentions Marcus Crandall more than probably Marcus Crandall's family mentioned Marcus Crandall. Well, it's just it's just my it's just my because back then, Charles, I was a true Blue Bomber fan, and that's probably what changed my life. Okay, is when they were supposed to win the Grey Cup and they completely shit the bed to Marcus Crandall, who was a horrible quarterback. Okay, and they still lost. They still won. So that's all I'm saying. And it's, and it's no slight on you, Mark, but. There are days I hate that, you, Will. I really that's do. That's going to be one of the biggest full pause in CFL history, too, okay? Oh. The Blue Bombers losing to Calgary in 2001. Ugh. So, there you go. You had to, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Because Marcus Crandall, I saw all those games that year, and Marcus Crandall was horrible. I mean, he was awful. But they had nothing better. So, okay. there you go. So I think the biggest problem with the BC Lions this year and last year, uh, and I, I've been saying this for quite some time, is, is Mark Washington. I am really not happy with the defensive structure of this team. I, they, they just, they're, they're lost. How long has he been in D.C.? A long time. Yeah, I'm starting to yeah. think too long because, quite frankly, it's three, not getting any better. At least three or four years, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the de- defensive back. coordinator before him was Benavides. Yep. Okay. Benavides went head coach. Mar- Mark Washington went defensive coordinator. Right. That's so right. how yeah. long has that been? Because it's four, uh, that's four, uh, four years, years well, wasn't it? I mean, we we had yeah, it was 2012. <laughs> yeah, because oh. it was right after yeah, because it was right after the Lions won the Grey Cup in 2011. Wally stepped down, and Benavides took over yeah. in 2012. Hang on, but I don't, uh, you know, I I could be, I'm I think I'm wrong because I don't think Mark Washington went DC right away. Um, let's look. He was well, definitely coordinator. two years. <laughs> He was defensive coordinator from 2014. He was the D-back coach up till then. So I don't know who our defensive coordinator was. Was it Rich Stubler? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. But wasn't Stubler here when, um, what's his face, uh, Tedford was here? Cause I... No. So, no? No. I thought it was. Tedford was here in 2014. Okay, so it was just after then. Yeah. Because if you really look at it, the last two years especially, the BC defensive backfield has been suspect. Not suspect. Porous. I'm being nice. No, I'm not. There's a a BC Lion fan that's listening right now, and I'm trying to be nice to him for a change. With the one in Australia? no, no, he's actually in Winnipeg. Um, really? He, I'm wondering, was the year before, were they that bad too? Yes. Like, has it been three years? It, so it's god-awful. Then you're right, it's on Washington. No, it's on Wally Buono for keeping Mark Washington. So this is a case of Wally being too loyal? 
You think? Always is. I mean, he was too loyal to Benavides. He was too loyal to uh, Shot the Lane. He was too loyal to everybody. This is ridiculous. So then you're expecting a blow-up at the next year of coaching? Yeah. I, I hope so. Because Wally's finally out. I hope so. See, I really uh, do. Yeah. <sighs> I got to think you, a new coach coming in is going to want his own uh, staff. You, you cannot now, keep don't somebody tell me who it's is going to go to Benavides. Oh no 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 or, no! Not Benavides, Washington. No, please don't. Can I start the rumor now? La no, Police? it's going to be. Oh yeah, okay. I'll take La Police. I'll take La Police. I'd, I'd honestly be fine with that. I'll start that Ken rumor Boston. now. <laughs> I like I, those better. But. Who? If La Police wants Ken to go Austin. somewhere. Yeah. Don't fuck off. Get out of here, Ken Austin. <laughs> I, I take Matt Dunnigan over Ken Austin. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Work with me here. You, you have to admit, La Police working with Lule and guys like that would be fun. Oh, God. It would. It would. Seriously, I mean, La Police would have a, a real quarterback to, to work with. There we go. Had to put That's it there. That's the Christopher I love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so final score on this one was Ottawa 29, BC 25. Charles, Will, and CJ picked BC to win, so it was between Mark and Chris. Mark, you picked 26 to 20. That's pretty close, buddy. You're out by eight points. Chris Chris was left, I know. 30 to 28. Mm -hmm. He's out by four. Chris wins this (laughs) one. He's not even on the show, and he's winning. Okay. So the second game, the third game was uh, the first game of a doubleheader on Saturday night. It was Winnipeg Blue Bombers in BMO Field in Tirana and to play the Argos. And this one went exactly the way most people thought it would be. Yeah, I picked Toronto, but that was because somebody had to. No, Chris did too. But uh, I don't think my heart was in it. Chris, maybe it was, but I just didn't want Winnipeg to win. Um, I know I can say that. So, go ahead, Mark. Tell us about this game. In this game, the score definitely flatters Toronto by a long shot. Um, they got the two touchdowns off of fumbles. When it, it got me a little concerned. I loved the first half. Harris was running the ball with authority. Nichols and Adams were right on on a bunch of deep throws. It was like, yeah, this is what I need. This is what I wanted to see. The defensive backs were actually playing man coverage. They were the entire defense was all over the field. At one point, Big Hill lined up at defensive end. They were throwing out all kinds of stuff. It was so fun to watch. And then in the last minute of the first half, it was like, oh my God, here we go with the fumble on the punt, the punt return 
for a touchdown. It was like, oh, freak, here we go. Oh, now they're going to get a field goal out of it. But it was nice to see Nichols and especially Harris come out in the second half and just put their foot down. And the, the game was never in doubt. It was what I think the closest was 12 points or maybe a little less, but it was a, I never at any point was thinking, oh, God, we're going to lose this one. Um, Harris especially, 161 yards rushing. Right now he's on pace for 1,800 yards on the season. Um, he is running like a monster. I know what it's in Charles' agenda. We're going to discuss Chris O'Leary saying he could be the MOP right now, the early leader. He he is running better than I've seen him run in years, and he's taking some big hits. I was a little concerned they left him in the entire game, but I think it was to get over Cornish to second place. I really do. I can't see any other reason why you would keep him in. But Nichols looked really good. I didn't have to listen to all the Bomber fans telling me that uh, Chris Strebler should be in at quarterback. That was very nice to not hear for a change. Um, the defense I've been really impressed with. This is three straight games. They've given up less than 20 points. They only gave up four points in that game. James Franklin, like Will says, we've heard all this stuff that he's going to be the next big thing, and he's playing so well. And I heard on the podcast last week that he's progressing and he's going to do it. He's going to have a breakout game. He was standing like a totem pole in the second half. They had him completely confused, and he actually looked up. He wasn't even trying to run. His game is built on scrambling. He just stood there in the pocket. He made it easy for the guys to get tackles on. That's really it's about it. It was a full, full effort from other than special teams, which you know, they still did like fogs. He had the fumble but he also came back with like a 50-yard run, so he evened it up. It was a full effort on all aspects, and it's not often I get to say that. Yeah, they played Toronto with a backup quarterback as their starter, but I keep hearing that James Franklin's the next big thing. He yeah, looked ridiculous. Not anybody who really knows what the hell they're talking about. Oh, I know. But, you know, it was, just, it was nice as a Bomber fan to see them come out with a complete win and a dominating win. You take away the points off of the um, turnovers. But Toronto's offense scored four points against Winnipeg's defense. It's not often you can say that. So, no, not often you can say that about a Richie Hall defense. And I'm, I don't call this a Richie Hall defense. This is a Mike O'Shea defense. Like I say, when Adam Big Hill lines up, he starts at his middle linebacker spot, and then when the play's about to start, he's lined up at defensive end. They had no answer. The offensive line had no answer. They did what they could, but it was just so many different looks. And I've never said that about Winnipeg defense. Now, I'm not planning the parade. I want to see this a little bit more against Western teams. Uh, but going forward, I'm loving it. That's it. Yeah. Ronald Pfeiffer, one for three. One for three in field goals. You know, if your team. Did you know where they practice? 
where they practice, they don't have full goalposts. They have rugby goalposts. <laughs> and there was another comment better. about that, about the kicking. With stuff like that, Medlock at the half was out 10 minutes before everybody else practicing field goals. Pfeiffer came out with the rest of the team. There's your difference. Yep. Well, okay, William, Winnipeg, Toronto. Well, you know what? I thought, I thought, and I can't even remember who I picked. Who did I pick? Did I pick Winnipeg or Toronto? You picked Winnipeg. Did I? Okay. Um, you know what? I, I that game could have gone either way when we were talking about it last or the other day, but uh, I just want to talk about Andrew Harris for a minute. You know, the first year he went to Winnipeg, I was never a big Andrew Harris fan because he was BC Lion and he was always, you know, everybody used to talk about him and John Cornish. And then he went to Winnipeg and I actually got to look at him with an open mind and uh, he was not bad in his first year in Winnipeg. But you know what? Last year and this year, the guy is amazing. He, he's getting, he's actually getting better with age. And he's 30, what is he, 31 years old now? And he really impresses me. He really does. And I, I think the overall biggest difference for Winnipeg is Andrew Harris. They've got a great running back. And uh, I think it's making a difference on that team. And I think it sets everything up. It sets up Matt Nichols to be a good quarterback. It, it it sets up the receivers to be decent. But I think Andrew Harris is the key to that whole whole team. And they basically kicked Toronto because it wasn't as close as the score says it was. They dominated, I thought, from the very get-go. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't watch all of that game, too, because I knew Winnipeg was going to win. I have limited time these days, so I can't watch things all the way through for some reason. But, yeah, I Winnipeg, I can't say much more than, you know, I, I don't like to uh, toot Winnipeg's whistle, but Andrew Harris makes a difference, and that's a, that's a pretty decent football. I still think they're totally suspect on defense, and I think that's going to be their Achilles heel this year because you can't keep on letting points in like that and, and win the whole thing, so. Anyways, that's about all I have to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Charles, you're up, buddy. Okay. Well, look. First thing I'm going to say about this, why exactly did the Toronto Argonauts have to renegotiate and give James Wilder Jr. more money? Um, Sure. Did you, anyone happen to catch his stat line in this game? Rushing, three carries for minus two yards. Well, that was money well spent. Um, actually, if you look uh, over to um, the rushing between these two teams, Andrew Harris's longest carry, 18 yards, is almost as much as the entire Toronto team. 
19 plus 5, which is 24, minus 2, which is 22. Uh, so, yeah. And James Franklin, he came back down to earth after a couple of great outings uh, against Edmonton and was very, very average at best and probably below average. Uh, I thought this was going to be a much more competitive game as it was. I'm sure after the week before, uh, some of the Winnipeg fans' hairs started standing up on the back of their neck in the last few minutes of the first half when it went from 27 to 1 to 27 to 12 in the blink of an eye. But uh, this time they were able to have that killer instinct and close this game out because uh, after that, the the Argos really didn't get close. Um, This was uh, one of those games that, um, you know, it was one... One sided almost from the from the word go, the bombers were really um uh head and shoulders better. Andrew Harris is just an absolute monster. I mean, um it's funny because when Andrew Harris a few years ago left the Lions uh to go to Winnipeg, I wondered and I know I wasn't the only one, well has he seen his best days? No the answer is an emphatic no. He's still well, right now he's, in my mind, easily the best running back in the CFL. And I, I don't think it's particularly close. Sorry, James Wilder Jr., your minus two yards don't cu- don't cut it. Um, William Powell, that would be closer. Even William Powell was way behind Harris, Harris this week. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Ronald Pfeffer, Pfeiffer, whatever. Um if he has many more games like he had last week, he's going to be looking for a new job. And um, look at Kevin Fogg leaving, leading the teams in tackles. But, uh, yeah, they're starting to really round up into form. They're only 3-3 three and three right now, the Bombers, but they seem to be getting better. Um, they should probably. They, they should. I'm sure they feel that they should probably be four and two because they let the game slip away last week in BC. But if they keep uh, uh, compounding and improving on this, uh, come the second half of the season, this Winnipeg team is going to be a force. Okay. Well, that wraps that one up. I. Winnipeg 38, Toronto 20. Everybody picked Winnipeg. No, no, Chris and and CJ did pick Toronto. So it's between Mark, Will, and Charles. Uh, Charles, 25-20. Bang on on one score, but still out by 13 points. Will, 43-41. I I don't know what the hell you were thinking, but it's off by a bit there. Um, Mark, 37. Oh, out by one point. 19, out by one. You won this one by two points. Way to go, Mark. Nice. Two points. You've called this game almost perfect. Okay. Last game of the week. This was never in question from the opening kickoff. Not according to three down. No, I don't care what three down says. Yes, what you should, they, what, because they had Montreal. 
Montreal blew it. Up. They blew the one nothing lead. They blew the one nothing lead. That that, that had I looked at that title and I said that's got to be a joke. Please let that be a joke. The Otherwise these guys are absolutely idiots. Well, it was written by that famous staff member staff. So Yeah. Blew the one one nothing lead. Yeah. Okay, final score was very I really thought that Calgary had more in them. And 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 Bo Levi Mitchell came out and played this game. 25 to 8 was the final score. Seriously? Bo Levi Mitchell can't put up tw- more than 25 points against Montreal. BC put up 22 points. Just goes to show. Never mind. Okay. Calgary 25. William. What do you okay, think of your team so here? Will, Will's you, not going to bite on that. Will, Will's not going to bite on that, Christopher, so just be quiet, okay? Anyways. You um, wanted to change your score. Was, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah, I did. And I, and said, I no. still wanted to change it after the first series. Okay. So, because Calgary walked down the field, marched down the field like nothing and scored a touchdown, and their defense dominated. I mean, you know, I think maybe the game would have got more out of hand if Drew Willie hadn't hurt himself, okay? So. He banged his finger on a helmet, and he had to leave the game. So, um, you know what? Stampeder football, for me, is really starting to get boring this year because you just know they're going to win, man. I'm looking, I'm looking for some West teams for some competition because there is no competition right now. You know, I was, I was fairly impressed with Montreal. Their defensive line was very good. I, I would think that their defensive line is the strength of that team, and they blew it up today, okay? Jamal Westerman looked pretty good yesterday. I do believe he sacked Bo Levi at least twice, if not once. Um, but it wasn't hard to sack Bo yesterday because he was pretty much a stationary target. Um, you know, Calgary, Calgary was firing on all cylinders. I thought their offense could do better. But their defense is just – their defense is incredible. I mean, you got ball hawks everywhere. Their their linebackers are fantastic. Their defensive line is great. And, and I'll give kudos once again to uh, Montreal's offensive line because it wasn't as scary of a show as I thought it might be. Um, they pretty much kept uh, Jaguard Davis and, uh, and Kudera Law at bay. Um but, you know, with Matt, I can't even say, is it Schlitz or is it Schitz or what it was Schlitz? Schlitz. You know what? He, he, didn't, he didn't look bad, to be honest with you. I mean, he threw some picks. Um, I want to I wanna talk briefly about this stupid, this stupid challenge when you win and you lose your challenge. Dave Dickinson didn't have a choice. He had to challenge a incomplete pass. And then Mike Sherman didn't have a choice. He had to challenge a pass interference. And they both lost their challenges on the same on the same series because they both won their challenges, but then their challenges were done. And I I just I think Randy Ambrosi he changed the uh 
he changed the penalty thing in the middle of the season last year. He should do it again this year. And you should keep on getting challenges till you lose, period. Because if referees make bonehead play or bonehead calls and you have to use your challenge, it's just not fair. Yeah, but it's I don't just think not that, fair. You, you should – that doesn't make sense. And I'm not going to argue with you. What do you mean it doesn't you? make sense? It doesn't make sense because you can throw a challenge and lose a challenge even though you didn't lose the challenge because the command center got it wrong. Okay? Then you're not allowed to have any more challenges. I think you should be allowed to challenge anything you want, but you should be penalized if you fail. Well, I don't And the I game would take a week and a half to finish. Yes, yes, it would. Ah. Think how many hours that game would be. It would be like a Winnipeg home game and with the weather. <laughs> and then I want to I want to talk briefly, and I don't know if you guys saw it, roughing the passer call or roughing unnecessary roughness on Matt Schlitz, who ran with the ball, and he was hit, and he wasn't hit in the head, he was just hit, and they call that unnecessary roughness. It was it was ridiculous. You need to watch the replay. It was just stupid because even the guys on TV said that's not a necessary reference. He was running down the field. So, anyways, but hey, you know what? Calgary's five and zero. I'm looking forward to see some Western teams. See if the Western teams can do anything against Calgary because uh, the Eastern teams cannot. That's pretty obvious. And I I'm don't know. Being, I'm being completely arrogant. And I don't think there's a team out there better than Calgary right now. And I don't think there will be a team better than Calgary out there. Well, they play Saskatchewan next and then BC. So I'm glad that they're getting strong Western teams to play. Yeah, well. They've actually played Saskatchewan twice. Someone said yesterday, well, they've only played Eastern teams. Well, the Eastern teams are just as good as the Western teams this year, with the exception of a few. So. No, no, no. That's wrong statement. The Western teams are just as bad as the Eastern teams. There you go. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think that's why Calgary is so far ahead of everybody. And they will yeah. be all year. Sorry, just my opinion. As long as Bo doesn't get hurt. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand Calgary, whenever you see them in interviews after the game, they don't talk about how good they are. They talk about how they're going to get better because they're not completely happy and completely satisfied. And that goes to Dave Dickinson because he's never happy. So anyways, go ahead. Okay. Charles. I really got the feeling. Uh, I was try. I was out at a dinner with some uh, some of my work people last night uh, at Boston Pizza, but they had the game on there, so I did get to see a large part of it. And I kind of got the feeling that the Stampeders were kind of toying with these guys. Um, it was twenty-five to eight, and you could say, yeah, they should have beaten this team by more, and they should have because they're. They're quite frankly um, not. Um, I'm, they're not in the same league as um, everybody else, or at least certainly not in the same league as Montreal. 
But I really got the feeling that the offense just put enough points up that they knew that uh, Montreal was not going to be able to match it, and they just gave it to the defense to just kind of take it over. Montreal um, really couldn't get anything going on the defense. And I thought that Schlitz played decently. He wasn't great, but he did what he could do. He's certainly better than what Drew Willie was showing um, before he got hurt. But I really feel that they did what they could. But even though at one point, still with over a quarter to play, it was only a two-score game, but there was never any sense that Montreal had any chance in that ball game. The... I'm actually surprised that Bo Levi Mitchell stayed in. Did he stay? Did he play the whole game? Yes, he did. I don't know why, because that that game was over at halftime. I know it was relatively close. There was no chance the Alouettes were coming back in that game at all. It was so it was nineteen guy, to one. That's not close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, for a yeah, Montreal Calgary yeah, game, it's probably close. But Montreal, Montreal did come out in the in as the first series of the second half and and score a touchdown. So yeah, yeah, but really, did anyone else think they were going to get much more than that against that defense? There was really nothing, no chance they were coming back in that game. And like I said, they were toying with them. The offense put up a few points. Uh, and then the defense just kind of took over. It was I, it seemed to me to be a very easy night for the Stampeders. They really weren't challenged, nor did I expect them to be challenged, and it went about as, as far as I thought, and um, I didn't think... Um, I, I thought that Calgary was going to put up a few more points. I think I picked them to score 35, but really that, that game was never in doubt, even though it was only a two-score game or for mo- for a lot of it late into the second half, that game was never in doubt. And those are two teams that are in opposite, complete opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Yeah. But, you know, Mitchell didn't have great numbers. He was 25 well, he of 34, didn't. under 300 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those are, are mediocre or average stats, you know. You have stats like that. You don't know whether or not you're going to win your game. Mm-hmm. In fact, Travis Lule's stats were amazing in comparison, and they, he lost. Yeah, and he lost. But that's what I mean. And you I know mean, what? The, you the, know the what I'm going to. You know what I'm going to say, Christopher. It's all about the you know W. What I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. Which I I was going to bring up another point. I forgot to. I didn't think I it was care. possible. I I didn't think it was possible, but. Thick Nick got thicker. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys saw him on the sidelines last night, oh my God, he's been he's been eating like he was going to play football this year. <laughs> oh God, don't pick on Nick. We like him. He listens to the podcast. Yeah, but Thick Nick, wow. Yes, he has. Okay. Mark. Got to let you talk. This game was dull. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the best part of the game in reality was the Three Down Nation headline of the Alouettes blew the one nothing lead. Oh, it was. <laughs> it, it, at no time was Calgary 
scared to be losing. I'll give Montreal's defense credit. They that's the best game they've played this year, and that's the Montreal defense I've been been expecting all year. And it's taken five games for them to catch up. But I thought they played as good a game as they could. Mwamba played well. Um, we'll get more into it, obviously, later. But the great Jamal Westerman that's on his way to Hamilton had one tackle. But I thought Mwamba was all over the field. I thought it was his best game. Uh, and they did a really good job against the running backs for Calgary. You know, they really couldn't get on track like they have been. But Calgary's just just too good of a team. Uh, the, even if Arbuckle had started and played the entire game, they were winning that game. It, and I'm sorry, Drew, but just retire, please. Now you've cut your hand again. He's done this before. He's had problems with his hands since Winnipeg days. So just retire. You've made a ton of money in the CFL. Thank you, Kyle Walters. Um, just, just, it's time. He, he and Shills looked fine. He didn't light it up by any means. He wasn't like throwing the ball way downfield. But with the live mic, you could actually hear that he took command of the huddle, which a quarterback has to do. Um, we'll get more into the guy that's coming in to be their savior. But I would have let Shills, hopefully he plays next week. I think he deserves a start. I thought he played well. He was the best player they had other than their defense. So, But, yeah, no, this game was over from the kickoff. We all knew it. I'm pretty sure nobody on the podcast took uh, Montreal to win. Uh, Not so, even me. Yeah, that, yeah. It's, Calgary is the best team in the CFL. They played like they were bored in the second half. It was just like, yeah, can we just finish the game? We, we, just we were go bored. Yeah. The, the, I was bored. I was bored. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought the live mic was fun. You know, that was entertaining. But other than that, the game was just like, uh, could you just end, please? I have to get up in the morning. Please just end. But other than that, yeah, whatever. Calgary's 5-0 and against Eastern teams. And now they get to play Western, so hopefully there's a little bit more of a pushback. But yeah. They, really they play Saskatchewan twice in BC once. It's it's not oh, there's no, not going to be a lot of push yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, BC could come up with a fluke. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, no, nah, we'll see what happens. But will you haven't brought up eighteen and zero? Because well, right why now, would I? Well, you have. It's obvious before. that it's going to. It's <laughs> obvious that it's going to happen. It's obvious. Okay. So going back to Drew Willie for a second here, does he get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, damn, I am a professional quarterback. I am the shit. You know, (laughs) does he he really? I hope. Well, people, people pay him money to do this. So he must. Okay. He's made over a million dollars in the CFL. (laughs) <laughs> or does he? Or Again, does he stand you, in front of, Or does he stand in front of the mirror and say, "Man, is who is Edmund? Who, who's Montreal's GM?" Sorry, Davis Reed. I get 
Yeah, does he stand in the mirror and say, Cavus Reed, you are an idiot. <laughs> You're paying me to play football. If he's honest. And for people making fun of the Montreal crowd, the size of the crowd that was there, I'm sorry, but even if that was Saskatchewan with a team like that, there wouldn't be a ton of people in the stands. Like Toronto, I want to celebrate the people that do go to watch that game because there's no way going into those stands you're thinking the Alouettes are winning, but you're still going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, that that game was in Calgary, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh no, I guess it was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that game was, was in Calgary. Yeah. It was Toronto. And the, and the, the, last game and the crowd up. and the crowd in Calgary sucked. Quite personally, I thought it was small. I don't know what the number was. You know why that is? You know, I was thinking about this. Yeah, uh, twenty-six, something like that. Uh, but you know why I think that is? The Stampeders have been so good in the past few years in the uh, regular season. And then when they get to the Grey Cup, they lose. I think that there's a lot of Stampeders fans that, quite frankly, don't care about the regular season anymore. They're, they have the attitude, show me in the playoffs. I'm not saying that's the right attitude to have, but uh, there's probably people out there saying, oh, yeah, we've seen this song and dance before. Let's see it in the playoffs. I, I honestly don't care if they go 18-0. and 0. Yeah, I don't either. You gotta, it you gotta close out the playoffs. You gotta close out the playoffs. If you can't, if you don't win the big game, what's the point? Why, you know, it's just bullshit. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's just stupid. Uh, and no offense, but um, okay. So final score was what? Twenty-five to eight. Twenty-five to eight. It was pretty much a letdown in in reality. Charles, you picked 35 to 12. You out by 14 points. Not too bad. Mark, you picked 38 to 9. You out by 14 points. You're tied with Charles being out by 14 points. CJ, 52 to 12. I'm not even going to do the math on that one. It doesn't really matter. Will, 27 nothing. Come on. Hamilton, uh, Montreal was going to score something. So 27 to 0, you're out by 9 points. Okay? 10. No, 10. You're out by 10 points. You're out by 10 points. And Chris, 32 to 10. So he was out by 7. He's out by 9 points. Chris gets to win this one. Sorry, He's well. cleaning up. He is. He's been winning a lot lately. For somebody who doesn't come on the show regularly, it's kind of annoying. I wasn't going to say anything about that, but okay, whatever. What about him being on the not being on the show? Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything about that. Don't start. Just leave it alone. I'm just teasing him. I'm not serious. I know. Me too. I'm not serious either. I enjoy the show <laughs> when he's on. I just wish it was more often. I do too. You're, you're a he, big. You have a man crush on him. I know you do. No, no, he's just he, he brings something to the show that we need. I agree. I like I like the fact that he actually played on the CFL team. Me too. I, I'm kind of in awe. Okay, so that's that's those four games in 
the bucket in the toilet in the whatever the hell. I personally, I think we can just write off this week. I'm just, yeah, shit, piss off. Okay, where's my agenda? Oh yeah, it now we're gonna took an hour and a half to get through the games. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah pretty but, close. Yeah, we're gonna go rip through the rest of this though. Uh, Montreal Alouettes has traded the quarterback for for quarterback Johnny Manziel from Hamilton, sending two players, two draft picks back the other way. Was this a necessary move for the Alouettes, and did they give up too much? Well, Montreal got two starting O linemen for two aging, overpriced, non-productive players. I think they stole that one. They gave up two high-round draft picks for a quarterback that has never played in the CFL and has never proven anything. Well, I think Hamilton won that one. So, are we going to call this a draw? Because I think there's a lot of parity here. I think it was a good trade for both teams. Now, if Manziel can go in there and do something for Montreal, great. I think it's going to, he's, he's going to end up selling some tickets. I, I think there's some Americans that are going to come up here and watch, watch him play football. Uh, I think it's good for the CFL that he's finally going to get on the field and get to play because, quite frankly, they have no one else. So he's going to be their starting quarterback. He's going to get, his contract bonuses are all going to kick in because he's on the field. Whether he wins or not is irrelevant. Uh, I don't see a loser in this trade. Except maybe Drew Willie. And he's been a loser his entire career, so I don't understand what the difference there would be. So um, I'm kind of okay with this trade. There was no fleecing. There was no blunder. I mean, Manziel could come in and light up the league like June Jones says he was going to. But if he, if June Jones really thought that, why was he sitting on the bat, bench watching Mazzoli play football? Everybody wants to see this Manziel play football. I even want to see Manziel play football. I, I, I don't want to say I want to watch him fail, but we all know that it's not – players just don't come in here and light this up in their first year. Uh, I don't know. William, you hate this trade. Well, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think two things are going to happen. Do you want me to quote you? I can go quote you. Yeah. All right. Because there was some really bad words you were using. (laughs) Yes, I know. But that was preliminary reaction, and I thought about things. My rule of thumb is always to wait 24 hours before I say anything, but I couldn't do that. You know what? Number one, it will probably put some asses in the seats in Montreal, number one. Good thing. Number two yep. number two, I think I think Drew Willie's gonna get cut. Good thing. I really do. That's what I okay. was saying. And, and how and how he's even had a career is beyond me, but that's just me. Okay. True. But but okay, if Johnny Manziel gets any Okay, I do not believe a person changes their spots. If Johnny Manziel gets any kind of success, 
being in Montreal, isn't that like isn't that like putting a fat kid in a smarty factory? Yes. Okay. Because everybody says Montreal is the party city of the CFL and all the players love to go there. Yeah. Okay. So and uh you know, but hey, I I mean, you know what? After all this hype and all this talk and all this crap, I'm curious to see him play. Yeah. But I just, I mean, Montreal needs a mobile quarterback because he's going to be running for his life because they're not that good. So, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I wonder why this move has happened like it has. Is, is, and nobody's reported it, but is Johnny Manziel asking for this because he's not going to get to see the field behind Jeremiah Mazzoli, which I thought, there would be all kinds of talk this week of him playing behind, or him starting instead of Manzi, or instead of Mazzoli because Mazzoli's lost two games in a row now. I did see something on Twitter to that point uh, right after the trade was made. Uh, one of the TSN guys, I don't remember who it was, uh, said that it was reported that the um, was this was not part of uh, Johnny Manziel nor his agent did not force this apparently okay okay that's what's being what was being said whether that's true or not i have no idea but that's what i read on twitter yeah well i, I don't know about that i i think manziel's uh agent would have been pushing to get the kid on the field um and and it, it didn't look like he was going to get on the field in in hamilton and who knows what's going to happen in hamilton now who have they got for a backup I, I, I mean, you think you think about it. Manziel's not in the CFL to sit on the bench. He no. wants to showcase his talents so he can get back to the NFL. The only way that's going to happen is if he's a starter somewhere. So I tend to wonder what went on behind closed doors, and we'll probably never know because you don't want people to think he's got a bad attitude again. No. Which I still don't think his attitude has ever changed, but whatever. So, you know, it's 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 very interesting that this happened today. Or did Montreal just say like we're pathetic? We got to do something to shake it up. It just took them now to know. figure that out. Well, you know. They got two offensive linemen. They got uh, Johnny Manziel, and they got rid of a ridiculously overpaid contract. But you know what? I don't think Chris Chris Williams hasn't had a bad year this year. I mean, he made Deron Carter like I know he's hurt, but he made Deron Carter look like a pylon the game he played against him. So, <clears throat> you know, he's still got speed. But, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. And, and the other thing we, we haven't mentioned is is Mike Sherman was his coach in his second year at Texas, yes. correct? So mm-hmm. that so he knows the player. Is he is he is he creating a system right now for Johnny Manziel? So well, he's an idiot we'll if he doesn't. Yeah, he I mean, is. that's his job, right. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Charles, what yep. you got to add? 
I had an interesting question come up in my head after I heard this trade. Now, if you look at Hamilton, in their last two games, Jeremiah Mazzoli has not played particularly well. He's struggled in his last two games. Yet the Hamilton Tiger Cats had no problem trading Johnny Manziel today. So do they know something we don't, or are they not liking what they see from Manziel in practice? Because I'm not sure why this makes a whole lot of sense. Even if you got the guy as a backup, I'm sure he's selling jerseys. He's getting you publicity. So what is the real reason you're trading him? Uh, as for Montreal, to me, a lot of people are saying, well, why would they do this? Why would they? To, to me, it's a no-brainer. And to be perfectly honest, the big uh, advantage or the big upgrade for Montreal out of this trade may not even be Johnny Manziel. It could end up being the two offensive linemen they got there because yeah. they have a lousy offensive line right now, and they've upgraded it. Nobody's talking about that. Obviously, Johnny Manziel is the big ticket in this trade, but that part, those two guys may end up being the benefit of this trade. And, of course, you know, um, it's going to can't help but sell some tickets in Montreal, which is always a good thing. So, to me, this one's a no-brainer for Montreal. They have nothing at quarterback right now. Let's face it. Drew Willie, who I agree with uh, Will, will likely who will likely be released. You got Matt Schlitz, who, you know, he did a half-decent job against Calgary last night, but I don't think he's your future. You've got uh, Jeff Matthews, who's hurt right now. You got nothing at quarterback. So, sure, Johnny Manziel is the great unknown, but why not take a shot? At this point, what do you got to lose? You're already, what, 1-3, 1-4 now? So take a shot. Why not? Um, and for Hamilton, I still think that Chris Williams can be uh, an effective receiver. He's been in Hamilton before. And I think uh, Westerman, even though he's got a lousy contract, uh, he can still play somewhat. I mean, I think his best days are behind him, I think. But I still think he can come in and contribute, maybe not to the level that he once did, but I still think he, he's got that ability. So this could be a good trade all around. I think it's really uh, the trade just happened a few hours ago, so it's really um, uh, too early to make any sort of comments. So I'm guessing, though, we're going to get the big reveal. I, I would guess, uh, unless something changes, Manziel's likely to start for Montreal next week in Edmonton, so we'll see him play and see if all the hype that he's gotten since he came here uh, is warranted. Yeah. I, I just don't, you're, you're 100% correct. Hamilton didn't, there's no real benefit to them to do this. Yeah. They got some good high round draft picks, but they're two years away. Right. And it is, um, Westerman the answer right now. Cause Williams isn't. And and Hamilton Tiger Cat fans right now are losing their freaking mind over this bringing Chris Williams back. They have no desire to have that man wearing black and orange, black and gold. Sorry. Well, the way he left there last time, I'm not surprised. Yeah. No. So, uh, I, I'm I'm shocked 
that Hamilton went out for went after Chris Williams or or even accepted him. You know, I would have said, oh no, send him back, give me some practice roster guy or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't I don't see how that that worked well at all there. Mark, what do you got on this one? What did you, you know, see that we didn't? Tr- looking at the trade that. It looks like it's 50-50. Both teams won. Montreal doesn't have a first or second round Canadian draft pick until 2022. Uh, I know they're, as some people say, only Canadians and blah, blah, blah. Where does your offensive line come from? You have to have these guys. Montreal loves their French offensive linemen. They love their Canadian receivers. Are they going to find an all-star in the third round of the Canadian college football draft? You have no draft picks until the third round until 2022. To me, that that's a fail. And it somewhat tips the scales towards Hamilton. But now, that, that's not all this... That's not all oh. in this trade. No, right? That's Davis no, Reed being an idiot before this trade. And continuing it on to make it two straight years without a first well, or second round. He didn't even try to make up for it. Joe, Joe Mack didn't get any better as he went along. Why would Cavus Reed? Because Joe Mack is the worst CFL, I'm going to call him, an official because he's had about 80 different titles. Uh, and did you notice the team that's imploding? Who works for them? Yeah, 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 just the fact that Joe he's Mack. there. No. Yeah, I don't yeah, I know think he's only a scout, there. but he's a black cloud. He is just a black cloud on any organization. <laughs> um, no, it, it really is that uh, both teams needed this, you know, to shake things up. Um, Manziel hasn't thrown a live football in a regular season game yet. He's not starting next week. There's no possible way he's starting next week. You don't think so? No, I don't. He's got a. I know they don't have a great offense. Didn't we say that about Matt Nichols? Offense is completely different than what he's walking into in Montreal. There's going to be brand new O line guys, two brand new O line guys on the line. And you're going to put in a rookie who's never thrown a football in the CFL? <laughs> Isn't that a I know to get him killed? I know it sounds weird, weird, but they're getting clobbered anyways, and the guys that they got that have been there since training camp ain't getting it done. And don't forget, they also have a head coach who doesn't understand how the challenge works. Did any of you actually listen to the live mic? No. From the Montreal game. When the schmozzle happened with the two challenges, Sherman's out on the field talking to the ref, wanting to. He's like, so they're gonna challenge, They're gonna look at the uh, other stuff going on. Hey, you know, they caught that, eh? and the ref's going, "No, you have to challenge that." Well, aren't they looking at it right now on the camera? So he doesn't even know the rule. No, he doesn't he's even know the rules of the CFL. And now you've got a raw Okay, he's had two years in the NFL. He's not a raw rookie. He's a raw rookie at the CFL. It's just, 
and you have a head coach who doesn't understand the game, and you have a GM who I think he's still playing football. Did he get one too many helmet shots? Like, this is just, it's a good trade for both teams, but you can't start Manziel. Not right away. You just can't. And the Hamilton fans. I'm not convinced. The Hamilton fans are losing their minds. They are pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I would be. They're pissed to the point where they want their money back for the Manziel jerseys that they bought. And, and, and they're and getting $100. They're getting 100 bucks. They're getting 50% off the jersey. I have a closet full of jerseys of guys that got released by the Bonners. Yeah. Do I get my money back? Like, it's just stupid. Dan Hamilton's doing damage control off a trade. You, you talk about bungled trades? There it is. Their fan base is pissed. Even Phyllis is upset about the whole thing. Well, see, the problem is that, and, and nobody's really looking at this, Manziel does not want to be in the CFL. He's here solely to, solely to get back to the NFL in two years. Okay? So this is not the beginning of a dynasty. This is not a Doug Flutie era. This is not anything like that. This is in here, wham, bam, out of here as quickly as he can. Let me go, buy out my contract, put in the NFL Clause, do whatever, get me out of this godforsaken hole because he has no desire to be in Canada. None whatsoever. None. So why would you He's be one a, and why done do you this want point. this why do you guys want the, him on your team? I, I I no. No. If he's a bust, he just disappears. If he lights it up like he becomes Doug Flutie Junior. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Whether it's the NFL or it's the one of the two other new leagues that are starting up, he's gone. He's not staying up here to make Canadian money. Does he really? He's really going to stay up in the CFL for forty percent less than he's going to make in the NFL on the dollar. Never mind the millions that are attached to an NFL contract. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 we we got to move on. we got to get past this guy. I'm, I'm done with him. But, uh, you know, kudos to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for offering $100 to anybody who has a Manziel jersey, but I don't know how that's going to happen. Then I want my money back for the Corey Banks jersey that I bought because he never played a game for the Bombers. Yeah, well, I, why did you buy a Corey Banks jersey? Who is Corey Banks? Defensive back, back for BC Lions. BC Lions. We signed him and released him mm-hmm. after we announced the signing. It, it was dumb, but why would you buy that jersey? Why would you buy that I jersey? Liked, I like Corey Banks. I Corey Banks is a great DB, but I would never have bought his jersey. I know you don't buy the jerseys like that. I, I don't that. buy players' jerseys, but that's not the yes, point. Yes, I know. Um, yeah, okay, moving on, because I'm done with Manziel. That's just, I'm just so done with Manziel. The CFL has voted to reinstate the players' NFL window, allowing them to negotiate with NFL teams for a certain period. Was this the right move for the CFL to make? Yes. I don't think there's any further discussion to this. It's yes. 
It was some idiot decided to remove it from the contracts. It's dumb. This will allow more players to come up to the CFL. In fact, with all of the hype with Manziel, the players down there are going to start seeing what the CFL is all about. They're going to, there's going to be a floodgate of Americans wanting to come up here and their goal is to get into the NFL. So having this window in there, having the uh, possibility of them being able to be picked up by an NFL team will bring even more. Yes, this is a good move. Yes, this should never have been removed. Yes, yes, yes. Mark, can you argue? Do you have an to argue point? about there. No, none whatsoever. I'll keep it real quick. This is 100% CBA related. The, oh, of course uh, the league is now showing that they're willing to change things so the better for the player. And yeah, Manziel's a lot of it. So it, it, and it. It, this doesn't even he doesn't even qualify for this. No. But but it's because of him. It, it, it's all about getting more uh, uh, more fans, and the yep. more fans that we get out of, we're not going to get more Canadian fans. We're in fact our Canadian fan numbers are dropping in decline, but the the amount of people who have joined our Let's Talk CFL uh, group yeah. on Facebook up. In, in the last three months since Manziel signed is is unbelievable. I mean, we, we got 25% new members. It's, it's the Americans. They, they want to know more about the Canadian sport now. They're, they're, they're waking up to it. And I, I don't think they're – well, this week I'd be disappointed, but I don't think they're going to be disappointed with the product. We lost Will, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I brought him back. Oh, okay, good. Will, you're here, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay, buddy, go ahead. Talk um, to me about the I, NFL window. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? Uh, I, I I only have one thing to say. Yes. <laughs> It'll attract more guys. Pretty simple. We might see some other guys up here that wouldn't otherwise look at us. Okay, because yeah. if if they know if they know the NFL is looking, and you know they're going to come here and play because they have a chance to make that big golden ticket again. Um, so, yeah, I agree with it 100. percent Charles, so. well, I'm going to make it three for three because it's never they never should have taken this away in the first place, and quite frankly, having this uh, window back in. Is going to help the league avoid situations like they had with James Wilder and stuff like that. These guys will be able to go and do what they want and so on. To so to me, this just makes total sense, and they should have never done away with it to begin with. Yeah, no, they should never done away with it, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing that's coming back, and I'm happy for the players who need to use it, like the Chris Williams and James Wilder and and all of those other players who just needed to get down to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And could it'll just help? It'll help get rid of a bunch of headaches. Yeah, and whining. That God too. knows we don't want the whining. Okay, so yeah. um, good move by the uh, the CFL for doing this. Okay, now the Calgary Sam Peters are of are off to their best start since 1995. 
what do we attribute the success to? Bo Levi Mitchell, their defense, or our round good team play? It's they're the best team in the CFL. There's a reason why they're five and zero. They're the best team in the CFL. Is it because of their quarterback? No. Is it because of their defense? No. Is it because of their offense? No. Is it because of their water boy? No. Is it because of their coaching? No. It's because every part of their team is better than anybody else's. I don't know. Can you add something to that, Will? Yeah, I know why they're better this year. And I thought it would be a detriment to them this year, but it hasn't been a detriment to them. They got rid of a lot of veterans, and the attitude has changed in the locker room. They're faster. They're hungrier, I think, than I've ever seen them. And I think it's because they got rid of those veterans. I really do. And I'm not saying the veterans were a problem, but let's face it. The last two years, they've gotten all the way to the Grey Cup and they've lost. There was a problem. You had to change it. You couldn't change the entire team. And I think what they did was the proper thing. And I think that's what it is. Just my opinion, but I think that's what it is. Well, you, you got know, new wait. leaders. Sorry, you got new leaders. You got Bo Levi, who's taking over the locker room. You got Alex Singleton, who's taking over the locker room. And these are younger guys. And veterans can sometimes get complacent. You just look at the whole, and although I didn't think it was wrong for Mark Wayne McDaniel who said what he did last year, I, I think it changes everything. So. And, I mean, I'm thinking, just think how scary this team would be if Roy Finch hadn't decided to beat up a police officer, okay, or try to beat up a police officer. I mean, there's not much else you can say. So that's what I think it is. And I thought it would be a problem because you took a lot of leadership out of that room, but it hasn't seemed to be a problem so far. You know, when you have the veterans and, and the veterans that have been there, done that, seen it, you know, it's good to have them around. It's, it's really good to say, okay, yeah, here's my ring. This is what I've done. This is, you know, this is where we've been. This is what it's going to be like. But when your veterans are the ones that are losing two years in a row, you're right, Will. you got to clean house. Yep. You have to do something. You, know, you got to do something. The definition, the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. You know, take 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 that big pile of baseball bats and throw it into the shower. Nope. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Bull no. Durham or something? No. Bull Durham. Was it Bull Durham? Durham. Okay. Scare them. Scare them. They need to get their kids. They got to get scared. When you when when you're when you're on a team and all the Big guys, all the veterans are getting tossed out. It's got to be scary for those guys. And it's got to say, well, okay, I'm still here. I'm still here. It's got to say something. And why? And I better not get complacent like those guys did. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I mean, there's there's also the possibility of guys making more money because they got lots of rookies. 
I mean, if you want to, if you want to go back to, if you want to go back to hockey, I've always believed that Theron Fleury's best season was when he was making a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a season. He was unstoppable. He used to run through brick walls. So, yeah. same thing. Okay, Mark, why is Calgary so awesome? They've had a culture change in the locker room. I think is the biggest part of it. And with the loss of Messam and bringing in these two young kids that are a completely different running style, they've actually changed their offense. They went through something of a rebuild in the offseason, if you really think about it. They let a lot of top players go. They're bringing in young kids, and they haven't missed a beat. And sorry, Christopher, I'm going to have to agree with Will Alex Singleton is the best middle linebacker in the CFL. Of course he is. There's no doubt in my mind. Solly's on the sixth game. Yeah. (laughs) No, even when Solly's on the field, buddy. Even when Solly's on the field, he is the best in the CFL right now. On one of the plays that Montreal had a great um, gain, say 15 or 16 yards, something, he was pointing to the side as soon as the ball was snapped. He was pointing to his left as hard as he could because he saw the exact play coming. He had to stay with the quarterback. The play was completed because the guy on the side did not see it. He saw the play coming from the snap. How old is he? 26? Is he even that old? He's 25. 25? He's the best middle linebacker in the CFL. Bar none. Their defense has gotten young. They've had a rebuild. Their defense got young. Their offense has completely changed when you look at the running game. There's no more running the ball straight down through the middle with Jerome Messon getting your four and a half, five yards. It's more of a scat back style game. So I think they actually went through a bit of a rebuild. We're we're running out of time here, guys. So if we want to yeah, get through ahead. this, we've got to keep we've got to keep it a little bit shorter and keep going. Charles, yeah, uh, just to be short, um, I just think they all around are just a, a strong team. I really thought going into this year we were going to see a bit of a um, a fallback. I just thought those guys were going to be shaken after losing the Grey Cup two years in a row, but they've come back and they look like a determined football team. Again, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are going to say, you know what, show me in the playoffs, show me in the Grey Cup. But uh, to do that, they got to get there first. And uh, right now, they look like they're poised to at least take another legitimate run at it. So uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. But certainly, um, um, you got to say that it's a, um, it's a uh, they, they look strong and are almost to the point of unbeatable. I don't think they're going to go 18 and 0. I think that's too much to ask of any team. But um, the way it's looking now, it doesn't look like they're going to lose too many games this year. Well, I remember the post where there was a post in Let's Talk not that long ago, and it was have the Calgary Stampeders already won the West. It's a valid question. And, 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 you know, and you look at it, and for Edmonton to win, that means that they have to – Calgary has to lose three games. And 
Edmonton has to win every game from now on. How many games do you think Edmonton's going to lose? Another two, three? That means that Calgary would have to lose six or seven games. And Edmonton's the closest team to them. Well, I guess they're the same as Winnipeg, but it's the same thing. doesn't matter what the stat is. Is, is Winnipeg going to win every game for the rest of the season? No, they're not. Especially, especially when they have to play Calgary twice. They got to play Calgary twice. And Edmonton, and Edmonton has to play Calgary twice as well. So, have they won the Western Division? I, if I had to answer the question, I'd say yes, they did. Have they won the Grey Cup? No, they have not. No, they haven't. No, they have not. Okay, moving on. A story on CFL.ca. Or sorry, yeah. Uh, CFL.ca suggests Winnipeg running back Andrew Harris is one of the leading front runners for the MOP award. Do we agree? And would you have some others in the mix? Uh, at this point in time, it, it would have to be between Andrew Harris and Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, honestly, I don't think Mitchell deserves that, that standing, but let's put it this way. He's the quarterback on a five and O team that is, steamrolling everybody in the in the, in the league. So you, you you cannot disregard him. Uh Andrew Harris is putting up some amazing numbers. Yeah, he is he's a front runner for the MOP, but he is only one. And both of these guys are in the West. Only one of them is going to get even close to the the finals on it. So I can't argue with the story. Anybody want to argue with the story? We you got to say you got to throw you got you got to throw Mike Riley into the mix because he's leading the CFL passing right now. So yeah, you can. I mean, you can you can do. You're right. Mike Riley has to be in there as well. But you know, is he a front runner? Yes, he's a front runner. Is is, sure. is he is he Winnipeg's choice for MOP right now? Oh yeah, no doubt. So. In my mind, the only guy who's really stood out, like, I mean, stood out from the crowd this year, it's been, it's Andrew Harris. He's running, he's running fantastic. Okay. He really is. Mm -hmm. With extreme authority. Yep. Okay. Um, Let's see what we're. What we're doing here? It we, we've got two minutes left in the show. We don't we don't have any discussion on that. Mark, we're going to give this one to you, okay? Edmonton dropped Terrell Owens from their negotiation list a few days ago. Nobody's expecting anything different out of that. No, he's not coming to the CFL. He's forty four years old. <laughs> go go home. Go play golf. Go do something. Go away. He can't okay, afford to play golf. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I. <laughs> uh, we we got to close the show off now because we're, we've run out of time. But, you know, seriously, like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 265. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I want to thank the boys for coming in and making this one an enjoyable one. And uh, we agreed way too much tonight. And uh, that's not normal the, normally the way, but, you know, we're going to do it and go, carry on. And uh, I'm going to give a big shout-out to uh, everybody out there that listens to the podcast either live or on repeat. Uh, Shane Turner, I mentioned you tonight now just because. Martin, are you doing the dishes, Will? 
Nope. Okay. I had to Just get checking. water. Sorry. Okay. I had to get water. Nate Whalen, uh, another one for you, man. Uh, best, t- best CFL talk show, hands down. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, there's your shout-out, Nate. Uh, okay, I'm out of here. Uh, you guys take care. Charles, say goodnight real quick. we got 20 seconds. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Mark, go ahead. BC sucks. Good night. Oh, shut up. We all know that. Will. Good night, everybody. Go Owls. Go Owls. Yeah. 